0: Listening to community supported Akaville Radio, streaming Acapella around the clock at AkaVille.org. Acaville, we dare you to find any instruments in these tracks. Welcome everyone to Polyphony, the
1: podcast and radio show where we are talk about blending voices and ideas from folks all around the community. This week we're going to be talking about remote remote rehearsal ideas and strategies, and we have three incredible guests with us. We have Jordan Roll, who is the founder and tenor for Six Appeal, a professional group out of Minneapolis. Uh they've put out a new they're putting out a new video on Patreon and Rain called Rain on Me, uh featuring Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande, or at least originally performed by those. And um, uh, they've been recording like crazy and releasing a lot of stuff, so you should definitely check them out. He's also helping groups uh, work through business processes and helping themselves set up. So if that's something you want to check out, you should look up Jordan Roll. We also have with us Evan Sanders, who is the bass for Accent, which is a collaboration of musicians from all around the world who look to bring the best in acapella and jazz. Uh, the group has a new EP coming out later in 2020 and a new video release of Daddy, which is a Coldplay cover. We also have with us Katie Taylor, who is the director of Northern Blend and is also a participant of many courses. In addition to being a professional professional music educator based in upstate New York, she has her first four, port, four part virtual choir uh, release that has come out as part of uh, during pandemic. And we would like to welcome Jordan, Evan, and Katie to Polyphony. Welcome folks. Thank you.
2: Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.
3: So thanks for joining us, panel. Uh, I would love to start. Uh, Jordan, let's start with you and talk a little bit about what was sort of the rehearsal picture like before. Let's get the, the pre-picture first. How often, okay.
2: how long, all that good stuff. So I'll, I'll back it up a little bit to like a year or two ago. All six of us at that time, we all lived in the Twin Cities. Um, and that was when the group was all men and uh starting last fall actually fall of 2019 uh we had two openings happen at the same time and we were like well how do we really switch this up and we brought in two ladies the thing is there one lives in new york city and one lives in austin texas so we've kind of been equipped for this virtual rehearsal thing pretty well uh since that's happened um You know, at this point, it's really just send out demos, send out the learning tracks, learn it all on your own, come memorized, and then you tweak the stuff at Soundcheck. You know, Uh, whenever Soundcheck happens to be again sometime next year, maybe, who knows? (laughs) Absolutely.
3: And uh, Evan, for you, you also sort of, your status quo ante doesn't look that different, right?
4: no, it's it's actually been our home base uh, for since the inception of our group because um, all of us in my group and accent met on YouTube, which is sort of a strange twenty first century way to to form a band. And we uh, were a remote collaboration for um, about two and a half years before ever meeting in person in real in real life and doing a performance. So um, that's not to say it's the Uh, you know, that that the end goal is to continue being a remote collaboration and we we've had a lot of tours and things cancelled just like everybody else, but we're sort of we're sort of back to our home base now. That's right. Uh, I mean, we stayed in the kind of Western Europe and, you know, (laughs) North America, though. So, uh, you know, it's uh, we're usually able to cross each other in in time zones when it comes to chatting online and things. We don't have anybody in Asia or Australia or something, which would present other challenges that even we don't have.
5: It's funny, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to these guys and I'm feeling very ordinary. <laughs> um, we, meet, we meet every Monday night from seven to 9.30. <laughs> um, so we, we haven't, hadn't done really anything remote before uh, COVID. So this has been uh, quite a learning curve and uh, a way for us to find uh, you know, different ways to be able to rehearse. And it's, it's been quite an adjustment. We, we are not professional musicians um i'm a professional music educator but um but certainly not we're not performing uh artists like you guys are so we are nurses and and moms and teachers and you know so for us it's it's very much a hobby but our our chorus is very successful and um to maintain being able to uh keep that uh, that level up and not being able to be together to hear that blend is something that we're not accustomed to at all so that's a it's a lot different of a feel
3: how was it for you and for the chorus sort of at the beginning of this when we we may, maybe didn't know how long it was going to last, but there was sort of this big adjustment of not being able to get together anymore? Was How was that sort of initial shock period for everybody?
5: It was actually, it was kind of fun um, because we did some things that were really different than we've done before um i was offering um as the director i offered pvis so people could do half hour voice lessons with me and i offered them to everyone in the course so they got to sing a little bit of one on one with me which people don't often get to do some of them had never had a voice lesson before so um so being able to do some one-on-one and um i did a little bit of some online music theory uh, and, uh, fundamentals of music with my, (laughs) Jordan seems to like that. He's smiling. And, and just, um, just doing a little bit more, um, uh, a little bit more with education and some classes and things like that. Um, we would sing along with recordings, but I, but it was our opportunity to do something different and something fun. So, yeah. So, Jordan,
3: for you, as you and as Six Appeal evolved and you started looking at adapting your ways sort of nine to 12 months ahead of the curve here in a lot of ways, what were the things that you wanted to make sure that you retained? I mean, what was the what was the essence of the rehearsal process that you wanted to make sure to keep as you moved to the sort of partially remote approach?
2: Um, you know, I think for us, it's always been about the clarity of notes when you send them ahead of time, you know? So like it's, it's, you write it in the sheet music, you put it out really, really close. And then you, you know, whoever arranges it, uh, we, we do all of our arrangements in house, but like they do the demo themselves, you know? Okay. So it's like this, this weird vowel that goes wah, wah, like you don't need to write out what that syllable is or like it's trumpets here, you know, like, duh. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I I think really just just getting as precise as possible in the sheet music for what you wanted to accomplish beforehand really helps, uh, you know, straighten all that out.
3: So Evan, as as you're sort of living with this and have been sort of, if not perfecting, then refining heavily as you've gone through this over the years, how is Accent's rehearsal approach different now than perhaps earlier in the process as you were sort of still figuring all this out? How's it evolving?
4: Yeah. I mean, it, it depends on how we're defining rehearsal. I mean, in in a way, uh, at least up until this whole situation that we're in now, if somebody ever asked us, how do we rehearse? We would just say, you know, here's a secret. We don't rehearse at all. Um, That's a good secret. Meaning we don't rehearse when we're not together, of course. Um, And so if, if we want, like, if I'm being totally genuine, it's like, if you want to call this rehearsal, we, we can, but, you know, we never did before. Um, so like we aren't really having to find a, a sort of substitute for something we ordinarily would be doing. Um, and, and in fact there, I think it, we would probably all agree there is no substitute for this kind of traditional rehearsal. So the name of the game for us, a lot of what Jordan just said really resonates with me in terms of being precise, um, really paying attention to those details, not just in how you prepare the learning materials and the score but also in the way that you communicate and um, some of that comes from the passion that you share with your group members for that level of precision that's like a whole piece of our identity is like we're extremely geeky not just about the kind of music that we make not just about like the history and the, the of jazz vocal groups and all those kind of thing which we can get super geeky about but we're also really geeky about our tuning. And you can still work on those things remotely. It's not the same as me standing a couple feet from somebody and singing, you know, like in space and air together. Um, But you can still work on those things. You can still listen together critically, even if it's asynchronous in some way, um, and point things out to each other. And we're doing that all the time. We always did before. Um, It's just a different kind of dynamic and in in a different like I said, like doing it asynchronously where like someone sends a voice message and you might not listen to it till the next morning. Maybe that's not efficient, but the learning can still happen um, if you if you know what you're focusing on.
3: Does that require that approach that you're talking about require those interactions to be kind of necessarily dyadic? I mean, is it you and one other person kind of working on those tuning things as opposed to how, how do you how would you do ensemble work in that context or do yeah. you?
4: Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think this is where the, you know, one benefit that if we kind of think of the silver lining in all this, especially those of you who are educators out there, one benefit that can come out of all this is using the m- recording medium and process as a real way to get better and to pay attention to things that you can miss in rehearsal especially if you're like a big group and stuff like that. Now you can do things where you can solo parts and hear the intervals. I want to hear what these two parts sound like together. I want to hear what these two parts sound like together. You can't do that actually as efficiently in rehearsal if you have a big group. Now I have a, I got my digital audio workstation. I have all the tracks in front of me and I can I can isolate what I want and tweak it how I want, get feedback from others on, on what, I, what I need. Um, I think, you know, like I'm just very fortunate that people in my group have an incredible expertise. And, you know, when we talk about tuning and stuff like that, Um, but yeah, I, I I think uh, I think there is still some like unique learning that you can do there. And it's, it's not necessarily dyadic to actually answer your question. Um, It's sort of, it sort of depends, but I think as we're building our projects and you might have like, you know, we're not all recording together. So at any given point in the recording process, there might only be three of six parts recorded so we necessarily have to like think about what's going on with those three and are they working well together and you can learn a lot through that process too. You're just like forced into these sectionals all the time it's kind of it's kind of interesting
2: you, you learn like the seven different ways an ooh vowel can be shaped you know along like like is it ooh or is it ooh or is it ooh like <laughs> how yeah, remote tracking is is definitely fun uh and fun is. Not
3: the right word. Is, uh, yeah. so. <laughs> I, I feel like there's some implied air quotes around that uh, on the audio. Yes, for fun.
0: Weep! Yeah.
3: Uh, I mean, Katie, you know, Harmony Incorporated, one of the things it's known for is being so approachable and for bringing new people into the process and at the chorus level and, and at all levels. And I wonder, because you are you have conceivably a really wide variety of expertise with musicality and with sort of experience in singing in a group and all that sort of thing, how does that impact how you figure out how to rehearse folks and how to kind of get people along that that spectrum and bring them in?
5: Well, um, with bring it, you mean bringing them in into like, our, like our, do
3: our, our, you, like you our, know we're talking vocal. about vowel matching, we're talking about musicality, we're talking right. about blend, we're talking about you know all the things about sort of being a good harmonic chorus member.
5: Well, we—I think I—I I teach and talk more about global concepts during this because we can't hear each other to to blend, and I'm not listening to people on an independent level. There's 38 ladies in my chorus, so if I wanted to listen to um, each person individually and have them send me recordings of rehearsals, and it would—I would be busy every minute of every day. That I just can't keep up with with that. Um, I know that, like, during rehearsals, whatever songs, specific songs, I tell them we're going to be working on, and I say, have your music ready, and we'll, we'll make markings. And, and I, ha- we uh, live stream on our private Facebook page all of our rehearsals so I'm able to go back and watch past rehearsals and say okay well let's look at some issues that we were having in this section of the song and let's make sure that we're breathing here let's make sure that we're you know we're really paying attention to our tuning and in, in these particular places maybe on a key change or something like this so I'll, I'll talk about that or I'll talk about the vowels like you guys were saying um, so we break things down but it'll be based on recordings of our rehearsals from the past or, or things that I, I knew were issues before COVID hit. So we're we're uh learning a couple of new pieces that we uh typically we teach in a four four one method where our section leaders stand in front of each section and we break it down into little chunks. So this is the first time that our chorus will be learning two new songs, brand new songs, with learning tracks only, without us there to kind of walk through the process with them and say mark your music here and um, and to be able to hear the voices of their section leaders right in front of them. So it, it'll be interesting to see how, when we are back together, how the effectiveness of that was versus the in-person learning, and if it's cleaner or if it's if they stay in tune better because they're only listening to that recording all the time of it staying right in tune. You know, because we, you know, every group tends to have flatting sometimes or sharping, or whatever. So so we'll see what happens when we're back together. So.
3: Where are you in that new song learning process now? Have you have you launched that with the two new tunes?
5: Yeah, where well, I I don't think anybody's in the it memorized yet, but we certainly have um, we certainly have. Uh, people that are probably working on it you know driving back and forth to work or you know while they're home cleaning we have some people that are super like dorks about listening to their tracks all the time and some that are like well I'm really busy with a new baby at home and you know I listen to it when I can so everybody's coping and dealing with uh, real life as much as they can and you know barbershop is our hobby and so we're, we're doing the best that we can and You know, my expectations are that people put a little bit of time in and and effort so that when we're back together we're we're further ahead, but everybody's at a different place. So we just have to be patient with each other and understanding.
3: Have you gotten uh, any feedback from people who are, are in that that driving in the car, learning on a learning track uh, phase of this process?
5: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they love the learning tracks. I mean, it's 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 so nice when the learning tracks are really good quality singers and uh, they're enjoyable to listen to. Uh, and both of the new songs are very much that. So they they really like listening to them. So I, I make learning tracks for my chorus a lot. Um, I've, I've done that for many years and I've had some vocal issues and kind of put that on the back burner. But so these two tracks are, are, are uh, two other people, um, but they're wonderful tracks. And so the chorus is really enjoying learning with them. So
3: Jordan, with the, the personnel change that you had in Six Appeal, you added two pretty amazing singers, uh, and not that they were any slouches that they were replacing, but, uh, you know, as you have a new sort of configuration of people and this new sort of style of learning music and kind of coalescing as a group, how, how has it been different? I mean, are things taking around the same amount of time to pick up and sort of coalesce as a group? Is it faster? Is it slower? I mean, how
2: does it feel? You know, it's, uh, we've been relying a lot more on technology um just with people being distant um but one of the things that we had like you know the guys that were with us before were amazing singers uh but didn't have any formal training you know uh so so learning for a while it was pretty much all just by rote by ear learning all that stuff um but now we have two ladies you know one one who has a degree in opera you know so like uh, we, we can throw out music, get it learned really quickly, get things turned around. Um, actually, our last project, we just did uh, History Has Its Eyes on You from Hamilton. Yeah. Um, featuring one of the original cast members. Uh, because our soprano, Virginia, was recently in a show with him, uh, a different digital show, in New York. And uh, they, they stayed in touch. And uh, we talked to him and said, hey, do you, want to, uh, do you want to be our George Washington? And he said, well... I was on Broadway, so right. <laughs> I can be for you. I'm like, all right, man. So, so did you audition him then? Or uh, how did that? No, I'm uh, yeah, you know, callbacks were rigorous.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Evan, as, as this has sort of been uh, kind of the way it has been for you, uh, has has there been any kind of a change as you've gotten sort of all more comfortable with the process and with each other? I mean, you talk about people kind of going off independently and then really it's when you all come together that it kind of the rubber meets the road. Has that feeling evolved?
4: Uh, For sure. I mean, even, even just from the first uh, time that we met in person it the, the group just took on a new dynamic and, and this life that it, it didn't have before as exciting as, as excited as we always were to work on projects. um, The intensity just kind of, uh, of like our, just our, our motivation for the group really took off after that first meeting and being able to have those experiences uh, rehearsing together changed the way we record. So it's it's cyclical. For all that I said about the recording, medium and process can be can can, can make you better at rehearsing. I mean, rehearsing makes you better at recording. So it's definitely a cycle. Um, and I think, I think the more you do one thing, the more you realize that how how much you can bring it into the other thing. And that that's what continues to build where um, I think our standards for ourselves and each other were lower uh, in the beginning. And when I listen to our earlier recordings, I'm still really proud of them. I have no problem with them, but I know I can spot like a hundred things, you know, that I would personally do differently, let alone like the rest of the group. So, so it, it, it that rehearsal process you know we try to internalize that and remember it and keep the discipline our rehearsals are really intense they're really intense and focused because we try to pack like you know 10 weeks worth of rehearsal into 10 hours um and so we we do try to like kind of remember that intensity every other time we rehearse and then every other time we're recording
2: uh, an antidote on on antidote on that uh we uh we actually just uh recently went through that with the new group when we were uh just putting it together our first show was in january on a disney cruise and we had to have an hour and a half of music and uh we had never sung together before we we met up in the end of january to record two music videos and then uh we're like well i guess uh let's uh meet in cozumel a couple days early and then hop on the cruise four days later so we rented a big airbnb and uh had had ourselves a boot camp
4: (laughs) wow yeah I know the feeling, yeah. although Ooh. I don't know the I don't know the feeling of a Disney cruise, but I wouldn't mind experiencing it once.
2: Yeah, really,
3: uh, or a boot camp in Cozumel. That doesn't. Sound yeah, that heavy. that doesn't suck. Yeah. yeah, I've done worse.
5: Or things. putting together <laughs> an an hour and a half worth of material in two days with a group you've never sung with that blows my freaking mind.
4: <laughs> yeah, and because <laughs> so we added,
5: and
2: because we added women, uh, everything was in a new key. Um, we only retained six songs from the old set and uh, over the course of like four months arranged the rest of the music. Uh, it, it was, was f- it, it was, was great. great. It, it was uh it was an, an adventure. adventure. We'll, we'll call, call it, it that. that. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: well, we are going to have so much more with our panelists, uh, but we're going to need to take a little break. And on the other side, we'll be talking with the group of about how, uh, the, some of the things they've learned along the way, things that have worked, things that haven't worked, things they're still working through, and how you sort of make sure that you retain a community feel when people don't have an opportunity to get together. So stick with us. We'll be back in just a little bit. Duh.
0: You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at akaVille.org. Acaville, your base for the lowdown on acapella.
1: And we're back at Polyphony. We have with us again, it's Jordan Roll, Evan Sanders, and Katie Taylor. And here's your host, Aaron Director. So Evan, with a group
3: that has been having a focus on remote ness in, in one way or another in terms of your constitution really since the beginning how did you I guess a couple questions on that first did the knowledge that you weren't going to be together most of the time and get together sort of for these kind of peak experience moments change or help shape what you wanted to do as a group in terms of opportunities and things you were going to do and kind of what the focus was was the remoteness part of that
4: yeah I mean uh When we started, we literally did not have a goal to ever meet. And the the origin of the group was that um, we were just people who were following each other on YouTube um, and each of us had been doing our own multi-tracks. And in one or two cases, there were some smaller collaborations amongst like maybe two or three of us. Uh, But then we wanted to do this six-part jazz thing um, and the goal was to do one video. And so... That was the only goal, and after we put that out, um, I think because there were already some, you know, each of us had our own little mini following on YouTube at that time, um, and the multi-track thing was still kind of novel. So if you you knew everybody else who was doing it, and so it uh, there was a kind of community out there already with that isn't. Exactly in existence today Because it's just so much more social video Than there was then um, But back then you kind of knew everybody else Who was doing what you were doing And uh, so We wanted to just bring this to our Our little mini communities And people really liked it So it's like okay well we'll do it again And we just kind of were going moment to moment With these video projects So it there wasn't any There really was no goal For the group dynamic <laughs> at all
3: <laughs> has that has the the sort of the cultural dynamic of the group evolved or formed as you have had these sort of momentary but intense times together or have you been able to build that through your remote connections with each other or how has that part gone
4: Uh it's it's both um i think we had a really strong connection going in after the first meeting it, it that re- really solidified it uh I really consider these guys my best friends. Um, Even though I see physically less of them than any of my other friends, I can I really feel closer to them. Most of the time they're the only other people on the planet that I communicate with on a daily basis besides my mom and my sister and my dad. So it's like, uh, yeah. So we do maintain that it's been an incredibly rewarding and heartwarming experience. Um, and, it, it is all through technology you know, that we do this. and that, that was the case before we started meeting. but each time we meet, you know, it, it gets further solidified. I think what being in person, and I'm, I'm sure anyone who's been on the road ever would say is like, you know the touring life and we're not, we're not people who been on th- that go on the road for months at a time or anything. But even if you're together for one week, yeah Jordan's <laughs> waving. Um, but once you're de- once you're in any kind of intense environment where there's no escape, you know, your personality starts to come out. So I'd say like after the f- maybe the second or third tour, um those nuances would come out where we're really seeing each other a little bit more raw, less guarded, less like honeymoon phase, um, and there's been a lot of growth through struggle. And I don't say struggle negatively. I mean, we've, we fight like everybody else, I think not that much. So well, that's, that's good. Right. Um, but some things that have been challenging in the moment have really been huge growth opportunities, not just for the group, but for me personally, like as a person, I think about those things a lot.
3: And it sounds like just to kind of put a button on that a little bit, it sounds like one of the ways that you are keeping that going, that growth as a group and that, that connection is through regular and sustained communication is that sort of what the that's key?
4: absolutely yeah communication is key uh i didn't i didn't coin that phrase um <laughs> we're lucky that like we get asked a lot like what what tools do we use and what's our prefer? we've tried all, all kinds of things and in the end it's like pretty much come back to facebook messenger and that's kind of what keeps us keeps us grounded. That's what keeps the like energy going. And when we need to splinter things off into another work stream or thread, we do that. Um, and we have our, our different, you know, tactics for doing that. Um, and it's sort of communication and, and organization, you know, when it comes to the projects and stuff, just having a simple way of keeping yourself organized, keeping all the stuff, um, accessible that doesn't like reinvent the wheel, you know, where we stick to the basics.
3: Now, uh, Jordan, we all noticed that you you raised your hand when we did the sound off on long periods of touring on the road. Uh, how, as you have gotten new people and sort of the dynamic in that regard has changed a little bit, do you just sort of throw them in a van and put them on the road and that's how you get to know each other? Or, I mean, what was the process around that?
2: you know uh, four days in Cozumel uh, that's pretty go. much how we got it done this time <laughs> uh you know in in the past um, you know this this group uh 2013 2014 2015 we were doing 230 shows a year right that th- those were those were the Ramen years you know we all lived together we were in a van we were putting on a hundred thousand miles a year you know that was that was then uh, in the last three years we've really been flying everywhere which is why when we did these auditions you um, we thought New York and Austin would be no issue. Right. And, uh, you know, it would have been no issue, and it isn't an issue, but it's a different issue now, you know, because if, uh, yeah. we can't see them. You know, uh, our last gig was March 6th down in Florida, and uh, the whole group hasn't been together, but we've, we've still been able to put together like four or five music videos. <laughs> so how are you,
3: you know, Evan talked about the, the beauty of Facebook Messenger. Uh, how are
2: you staying connected with the other members of the group? Ooh, this group is a bit more type A. We, we have a very, very uh, meticulously organized Slack. Uh, so nice. we use Slack channels. Everything's very, you know, everything's threaded out. You know, you, you bring your thing and then you thread it out below. And if you don't put it in a thread, you know, you're going to get yelled at by a beatboxer. It's trouble, you know. <laughs> so uh, we use that. And then we also have a task manager uh, that we use another app. Um, and using that, we've basically been able to create templates for what we need to do for every release. Like, so, so there's no more forgetting, oh, I need to license this cover song because I've done it two weeks ago because it was written down, you know, and then you checked it off and then, okay, now the master's back, CD baby, you know, boom, that's done there. The thing, you know, making sure that all that's done when, when it comes down to the time to release, uh, um, the, the thing we, we have all kinds of promo, you know, I'll say, I need three. That are totally vertical. That could be used for stories. I need three that can be posts. Uh, you know, really just directing, and, and everybody very much has their own skill set and kind of their home base. Like we, we delegate tasks really well, which has taken a long time, but we've gotten very good at it. You know, after a decade, it's it's uh, it's starting to work finally. Yeah. Now,
3: I mean, a lot of that focuses on all the the sort of key and essential things about the doing of things. But I wonder how you also keep the other parts going, the cohesion, the fun, the the sort of getting up in each other's business and, you know, all the things that happen with a, with an cappella group. Uh, you know, how do you do that when you're not around each other?
2: Um, at the beginning of COVID, actually, we started doing game nights. So we would have a, a game night. We would live stream them, but it was just kind of fun for us to catch up. Um, and then we zoom, we have meetings every Monday Usually on Wednesdays, we'll meet with one of our agents or with a manager or anything like that. Um, and it's, we'll get on a half an hour beforehand to just chat, you know. Uh, we'll stay on afterwards, talk a little bit more about stuff. And then, you know, when a business meeting's done, we'll cut it off and then we'll just kind of BS after that. Um, that's always – that's been our style. But, you know, it's, it's hard for us not to talk about work. Cause sure. It just, it, you know, it's, it's the passion. It's, it's all wrapped in. Absolutely. Uh, Katie, how about for you? I mean,
3: you know, I think about the the quartets and, and obviously in a quartet, you have maybe a little more opportunity to be in each other's bubble and spend a little more time conceivably in person. But then you start scaling that out to a 30 something person chorus. You know, these are folks that have developed, I imagine, really close relationships with each other. And so how do you continue to foster that when you can't be together?
5: Um, we definitely are Facebook Messenger um, addicts as well. I am um, I sing in three quartets, so I have a For Heaven's Sake, a live wire and a Roulette um, for all three of them. Plus, we have the Northern Blend, and then we have the Northern Blend Music Team. And then I have Northern Blend Music uh, Movers and Shakers, which is like all the people that you know, do everything, the people that make things happen. So it's board members, music team, people that are uh, uh, public relations, that kind of stuff. Um, everything on a much sm- smaller scale than uh, what Evan and Jordan are talking about. Um, but like I'm listening to you guys, like in my other life, I would have loved to have done stuff like this. Um, you know, I, I chose education and I chose um, music as my career and also as my hobby, but I would have loved to have been on Broadway, or love to have toured with a group, and that's just like it makes my heart go, oh, I want to do that too. um so this is a this is my way of of doing this is the is through Barbershop. our our cha- our chapter president, Tara Lee does every Saturday she does choruses in quarantine connecting over coffee and she does a 15 to 20 minute interview with every member of our chorus. I think she's up to 33. Um, so she's done two, sometimes it's two, sometimes it's three, but she'll, she'll do you know Saturday mornings and then she'll post them on our members only page. And believe it or not, right before uh, COVID hit, we had our, our guest nights on, uh, for the month of January and then we had auditions in February. And so we gained seven new members Uh, in February that that barely got into rehearsing with us and then poof COVID hit. So we don't really know a lot about them. They don't really know a whole lot about us yet. And so these interviews have been this wonderful way for us to get to know each other better. And Tara Lee just does a great job. She's funny. She has like a Victoria's Secret bag and she covered Victoria with Tara Lee's and she has little questions and she pulls them out of the bag and asks them silly things and about their families and their history and music and you know um, how they found northern blend and their first impression and all those kinds of things and it's it's just really neat to watch them and some of them make you cry and you know people that you've known for i've been in the chorus for uh, 32 years i joined when i was 12. so they're my family in in every in every way so i know guys i know the eyebrows went up i know i look 29 i know but i'm 44.
4: we're all stunned here <laughs> stunned so do I.
3: <laughs> me too. My wife won't let me get away with asserting that for myself. So I. I uh, but for those new folks, I, I would think that one of the things about keeping people engaged in the chorus is about keeping them engaged in the community of the chorus. So how do you how do you rope those people in? How do you weave them in to the sort of the the culture of the thing?
5: Oh, it's wonderful. We have every Monday night we rehearse. Um, we have a, from 7 until 8.30 or 9 o'clock, depending on how long we chit chat, because we do the same. Sometimes we stay and we chat a little late. I have been bringing in guests uh, for the first 15 minutes to a half an hour, and some have even done like full classes, like a one hour, hour and a half classes of people that I'm friends with that are music professionals or judges or other directors from other chapters that come in and do classes on uh, performance or on vocal technique or on bel canto singing or or whatever the case may be and so we start a rehearsal off with that then we work on um, our repertoire and we just play the learning tracks everybody mutes and they sing along and then I ask other questions yada yada and then for the last uh, 15 to 20 minutes of the night, we do some sort of a getting to know you or fun activity, um, and it's you know maybe you've got a yes or a no, and uh, or or I'll I'll use the Zoom poll, and we uh, we poll and and ask silly questions and things. So it's just our our interaction, our our laughing, our our asking questions, our. Um, um, sharing stories and things that are going on with our families, our kids, our pets, whatever. So I feel like we've gotten a better chance to get to know one, of, one another because of this rather than the other way around. Because when you're at rehearsal, you're focused so much on the music and the singing, and you might get a couple minutes of talking in there, um, but you don't always get a whole lot of visit time. So this has been kind of a neat way for all of us even those I've been singing with for 30 years or so to to know more about. I'm learning things about people I never knew from these interviews and everything. So it's, it's kind of neat. It's been a, a blessing in a way. Because of the
3: time that you're spending on those sorts of things and the difficulty of sort of singing together synchronously, has it changed the the amount or kind of responsibility that you put on the singers for doing independent work as opposed to when you were being together in person?
5: Somewhat, I think, because I, I, for me in my head, I don't, I want it to still be enjoyable. I want it to be something that they want to come to every week. And I don't want to be that slate, you know, like, I don't, I don't want them to feel like they have to do it. Um, I want them to put the effort in, of course, but I don't want to, um, be a taskmaster because we don't have anything immediately coming up we don't have our convention that we would have had in May you know we we don't have our international in November so the very soonest we'll have another performance of any sort or competition will be uh, you know next May so we are looking at preparing music but also knowing that we're not the only ones in this boat, right? Everybody's in this together. And so I don't feel like we're falling behind because of it. I feel like we're just kind of in pause, right? We're on hold and we're still working on music and then when we get together we'll do the fine tuning. They're not they're not going to forget how to sing. They're not going to forget how to how to uh, listen and blend. It'll just be it'll be wonderful when we can finally do that again. But We want to keep it fun and engaging.
2: In in a time when a lot of arts organizations are sinking, it feels nice to be able to float. Right. Yes. Not not too too shabby. shabby. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Evan,
3: for you, as you have sort of evolved through this, this approach, are there still aspects of how you all work together remotely that, you're ironing out. I mean, do you feel like it's a well-oiled machine at this point or are there still things that come across that need to get worked through?
4: Uh, there are things. Yeah. I mean, it would be a little arrogant to be like, Nope, we're, we're perfect. Forever. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, there are things that we're still working through. Um, I, my eyebrows went up a little bit when Jordan was talking about like meticulously, um, organized slack channels and and you know really actually having task boards and things i mean i i i do have another job another non-music related career where that that is kind of my life so i'm i'm very comfortable with working that way i i'd say you know no offense to anyone but on average like musicians probably aren't that isn't intuitive to artists all the time um i'm fortunate like in my group i don't think anybody's like a total space cadet you know but uh but at the same time, they are musicians, full-time freelancers. There's a lot going on. No, no two days are alike in their world the way they might be for me. And so, it does. It is challenging to know how to manage accountability. Um, nobody's like being maliciously like absent or uh, you know not hold, not not finishing things on time or whatever. It's it's not like a problem, but. It has been a challenge to figure out like what actually motivates this particular group to get stuff done um, when there aren't a lot of extrinsic drivers for it. Like, yeah. okay, you hustle, you put a video out. Do you make any money? No. Right. Um, yeah. When you're getting ready for a tour, there's there is this like impending deadline. Like you, you got to show up for the <laughs> you got to show up for the gig. So there's a lot of stuff you got to do before then. And that tends to be like, even if it's more stressful, it tends to be like a little more predictable in terms of, um, you know, people just like doing what they're supposed to do on the, at the time they're supposed to. Uh, but when we just sort of have an idea for a project and there isn't a deadline at all, um, then it just becomes a factor of like how how free is everybody or how into this particular song is this particular person otherwise like maybe they put it off cuz they're not feeling it as much as somebody else you know just all those things and and figuring out how to motivate through that i have not figured that out and and i i actually am a little maybe i'm resigned to this or it's a point of wisdom just through age cuz this isn't the first band i've been in um it's just like it's sometimes hard to expect that everybody can be equally like motivated productive prolific accountable and sometimes I'm like maybe if we just accept that and accept people for who they are there can maybe there's less stress and then maybe the whole thing ends up getting done at the same time anyway I don't know it's just it's I don't know but the, that's the thing we haven't quite figured out as a remote thing we're like if, you, if we met at, every Monday then that in itself would just kind of keep some pulse going you know I was going to ask you if that. you feel
3: like y- there's less room for space cadetness because of the remote way in which you work.
4: Yeah, m- probably. Like I th- I, mean, I think because we we've become such close friends, it's 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 rare that somebody's just totally tuned out, but sometimes like what happens is they say there's a lot going on in my life right now and like I need this time to I'm mean, that's not going to be on the on the chat for a few days. Um but that's like a responsible thing to do where it actually took a little time to even get to that point. It was like, I should, I I feel at least accountable to this whole thing enough to say like, I'm not going to be on Facebook messenger for a few (laughs) days. Cause this whole project is like, yeah, where we consider ourselves like doing professional gigs, but it's an optional project. You know, people can, it's not our full-time job. So how do you decide whether what you're going to do on Monday, you know, in your life?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I feel super motivated to get us through this break so we can come back to this conversation. But we do need to take a break. Uh, on the other side, we'll be talking a little bit about things like choreo and how you work things like that out as you're socially distanced, tools and techniques that our guests have for uh, for you for how to run these kinds of rehearsals and, and practice sessions. And um, we're also going to be talking a little bit about What will life look like as we start to open again when that ultimately happens? So stick with us; all those things will be with us when we come back.
0: You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, the only place where drums are replaced by boots and cats.
1: And we're back with Polyphony talking to Jordan Roll, Evan Sanders, and Katie Taylor. Here's your host again, Aaron Director. Thanks, Rachel. Uh, so Jordan, you know, before the break we
3: were talking about, and Evan was bringing up the notion of accountability and figuring out how sort of culturally to keep other people accountable without super annoying them uh, in the process, and also kind of motivating people in the way that they will then be moved to act right? How does that, how has that worked for you? And how have you figured that out with new members?
2: Um, a lot of it came through uh, actual, we went through strategic planning. Like we, we did actual like SWAT and SWOR strategic planning, um, really, you know, identified people's strengths, people's weaknesses, kind of their personality traits. Uh, we all took different tests to find out what kind of leadership type we are. I'm a processor, dreamer, executor, so, you know, I'm, I'm the one who can get you from A to C, but I'm not going to do C and you better come up with A, you know, but we kind of know what everybody's strengths are. Um, you know, uh, Mel's, Mel's an engineer. Uh, Burko's really great with design. He's great with the video stuff. Um, so in terms of the accountability, we, we use Slack a lot. You know, we, we set deadlines using Asana as our task managing thing. A lot of the times we'll set those deadlines a week earlier than we need them to be. Cause at this point, as as Evan was saying, you don't, you know, or even Katie too, like you don't really need anything to happen right now. Like, nothing's happening right now. So if it takes that extra week to get the extra polish on the video or whatever you need to do, if you want to retake that thing, now's your time to do it. You know, you might as well spend the time. But um, we kind of have just like a buddy system when it comes to the the keeping everybody um, accountable. Like uh, myself and Virginia, we kind of run the social media stuff. So if I haven't posted something, she'll poke and she'll be like, "Hey, uh, you, you should post today." And I'll go, "Oh yeah, it's 3 p.m. Okay, yeah," you yeah. know. Or or like uh, you know, Michael will talk to Berko and be like, "Hey, where are we at on this thing? Where are we at on this? We all we all are pretty open and able to just ask that stuff, and we never demand anything. I think that's a big thing. Is it's always like, "Hey, can I get an update on this?" And then at so and so's name, you know, and then you get you get the honest thing. It's like, Hey, I was up till like five last night, my computer crashed and I'm going to have to do it today. And that happens, you know, and and you just have to know that, yeah, it's your job, but it's not the end of the world. It's a song. It'll It'll make make people people happy happy tomorrow. tomorrow. It's It's good. good.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Katie, how about for you, both with such a large group and also with a group of folks who do it as a sideline and sort of as a hobby how do you ride that line of accountability both to sort of make sure people are doing what you want them to have done, but also just that they're staying engaged, that they're showing up for virtual rehearsals, or, I mean, how do you kind of keep an eye on all of that?
5: Well, you know, it's funny. I'm listening to Jordan and thinking, well, you know, you you guys are pretty intense and, you know, the whole teamwork makes the dream work thing. And and I think that in a way like Northern blend is just kind of a smaller scale of that because a lot of those things that they're holding each other accountable and, um, having like our board is still meeting they're still doing virtual meetings so they're still making sure business is getting covered our music team still has discussion and we talk about you know what we can do as in rehearsals um, that can uh, help our members musically help our members in education all those kinds of things so um... you know those those things are happening but i would say on a on a average monday night we have usually 28 or 29 people in and we have 38 members so we pretty consistently don't have 10 people or so on a weekly basis it's not always the same people um but you know and i and i think People that are missing those rehearsals are going back and watching them because again I record the Zoom rehearsals and then I post them just like I did our live ones. I post them in our um, members only page so that they can go back and see what they missed. So, uh, so they're able to, to still be participating but on their own time instead of on our you know, specific time. It's it's bedtime for little ones. It's you know, um, or somebody doesn't feel well, or whatever the the case may be. So I, I know that people are um, going back and watching those, and I can see the hits on the page and see you know that it's being watched. So so I appreciate that my members that aren't um, able to be at rehearsal are still putting the time in to to, uh, to watch and then, and then some ask questions about rehearsals and things. So that's good. Um, I'm I'm pretty happy overall with how our our members are handling it all and um i'm i'm okay with not everybody being on the same page as far as um all in because it's kind of always been that way we have some that are that are much more of the doers than others and that's okay things get done everybody does what they need to do um and others volunteer to do more but um but everybody everybody has the same vested interest the same love for our chapter for our, for our area for our organization for each other and uh nobody wants to let anybody else down so i think it ends up getting done in one way or another so
3: you know you mentioned the the some of the barriers to having your head sort of in the game at some of these remote rehearsals kids life things going on <laughs> you know in the world even that are sort of distractors from really being able to to fully engage in a rehearsal in the same way as when you're walking into a room where the whole room is filled with people who are doing what you're doing all around you? Are there ways that you're figuring out in the rehearsal process, either at the beginning or somewhere to sort of help people make that transition from the rest of your life and world to
5: the chorus time? I don't think we're doing anything specifically there. As, as a matter of fact, we often see um, moms with little ones on their laps, or, or you know, sons and daughters singing along um, with their parents, which I personally think is great. That that the kids are watching their their moms on um, video, and you know, and and singing along and being part of it. I think that's a really neat thing. Um, but no, I don't. I don't think specifically that that. We're trying to separate right now. It's like we're just trying to exist, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, we're, and yeah, exactly. we're just trying to see each other's faces and touch base and be like, "We love you. Are you okay? Good. Okay. If you need anything, let us know." We and we also have, uh, you know, some elderly members in our chorus who um, who were very who live alone and who are. Um, not leaving their home so we have made little road trips and brought snacks or treats or balloons and you know and we, we take care of each other and in many ways we've had people that have lost family members you know and we just uh, it, it is it's really an extended family so we're, we're paying attention to everything that's going on with the group and I think it's much more than just the music it's it's so much more about the community and the, the love for each other that that we're getting from this too.
4: I mean, definitely just having a little bit of fearlessness uh, about it. Um, you know, some groups were getting their feet wet uh, with this already in the spring. Um, I guess it also depends if I'm answering the question kind of like addressing a director versus versus the singers or the students. Uh, sure. With um, collegiate groups,
3: sometimes I, it's one and the same. So.
4: Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, if, it's, if we're just talking about collegiate in terms of scholastic, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean... I think there now is no shortage of opportunities to learn skills. I mean, this kind of was the case before you can, especially when it comes to the technology piece. um, There's just so much free learning out there. And now it's probably like uh, increased exponentially because of the amount of stuff, like what we're doing right now, like having a podcast about this and a discussion. I mean, you, you can learn a lot through that. There's a great, um, there's a great uh, series. I just attended it today. They do it like every week or two called Arranging and Chill. If you're not a member of this uh, Facebook group and you have any interest in arranging at any level um, for any type of group, you can join this group called Arranging and Chill. And they have they have guests, arrangers come onto Zoom. It's totally free, open. Um, you come and just learn from a different arranger and have a discussion and it's interactive and everything. Uh, so there's just a lot of ways to interact now that, um, like the bar, the bar has lowered in a good way in that people are just way more, they're just way less inhibited about like meeting online and, and (laughs) learn, you know, developing skills in this way. So embracing that I think is going to be important. Um, and I mean, I probably would just reiterate some things I was talking about before, which is. Just if, if groups can kind of only exist as a recording ensemble for now, then do that really well and try to bring the best of what you knew before into that. And then the, and then bring the best that you can out of that back to your rehearsals when you get there. Um, it, it can be it can be it's going to be a bummer, but <laughs> there's no way around it. Um, but but there can still be real enjoyment. Absolutely. Uh,
2: I, I think right now it's, it's a good time to do that experimenting, to be fearless, you know, because we're all just making our best guess at what to do right now, you know, as musicians. So, like, go do that crazy stuff. Like, now is now's an excellent time to make mistakes and learn from them because then when you can actually get on stage and perform, you have all these other skills. You've made those mistakes. You've learned from them. And it, it's, you know, we've kind of treated this covid season here as, as sort of a forced sabbatical, if you will, uh, just to, you know, really how can we recenter things and, and reinvent this wheel and bring a new digital arm into what we do touring all the time. You know, we've been so busy touring for so many years that the digital side wasn't something that we did as much. Um, but now we all have green screens and microphones and we've all learned how to use DAWs. So it's, you know, it, it's, exactly what you were saying it's it's a time to reach out and uh, to grow as an ensemble and as an individual as well there skills you'll always have
3: are there things Jordan that as because uh, I assume that as eventually I must hope things will reopen again uh, you know you and six appeal will want to take advantage of hopping on the 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 gig and tour train as quickly as possible and being ready for that at least as quickly as possible. Are there can things be that... tomorrow? Yeah <laughs> If anyone wants <laughs> so... to book Six Appeal for tomorrow, just contact Jordan Roll. Um the uh I mean things that are intrinsic to a live performance, like Choreo, like things that require spatial awareness of one another, uh and things like that, are there things that you can do remotely to help support that? Or do you just wait for a Casamael
2: experience? You know, um, when it comes to blocking, a lot of the times I'll, I'll just, like, w- we'll just put little X's and O's, you know, everyone's initials and whatever in a PowerPoint, and then you just move to the next thing. It's like, here's where you are for the first thing, and then chorus one, you move here, you know. Um, but we, we actually just, for, for this Rain On Me video that we uh, are just releasing now, um, uh, we have choreo in it. So it's, it's all kind of green screen, you know, like chest up sort of, but, sure. uh, what we did there is we actually just, uh, Virginia did all the choreography, watched a way too many unhealthy hours of TikTok videos, and then put together this choreography for our, uh, for our, our mo- or our music video. And, uh, basically she just videotaped it, put it up on YouTube, uh, explained it through, and then we all learned it from there. And, uh, she was just really clear about like when it's in the shot, it's here that, you know, like your arm is this way and it's a straight angle. And then like, what's like, and then it lines up here and then you do that thing. Um, and, and like really being clear about that and having someone who can teach it, um, over a video, you know, and then mirror the thing, like make sure that you flip the video at the end or everyone's going to be dancing it backwards. Uh, (laughs) that's, (laughs) that's a good, that's a good pro tip for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, just unlisted YouTube videos are are really going to help for stuff like that.
3: Katie, uh, you know, I wonder about what you feel like this might look like if we aren't able to come back together anytime soon, especially in a large chorus situation. I mean, do you feel like the the things you're doing with Northern Blend now would be the same things you would conceivably be doing with them in November if there didn't look like there were going to be things going on in the spring? I mean, is there a big picture trend or pattern as to how you're doing this that you're thinking about right now
5: um i think in the in the in the barbershop world right now the 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 trend is uh, you know we have three categories that are a competition it's music performance and, and singing and the performance category is really less about choreography and more about believability and buying into the music and being able to sell it in a way that is from the heart So we do far less, you know, make sure your arms are this way and and that kind of thing and more of um, being able to intrinsically sell the song by feeling that emotion for real inside you. So that's something that we can as singers experience in uh, um, finding a way to connect, whether it be I can put myself in the shoes of this character or I have this relationship with my mom or my son or my friend and and i can feel that in the music so it's more about emoting um into your music than it is about like dancing and and blocking we, we're on risers for the most part so we do riserography which will be, you know some step touches there's some sways and that kind of stuff so it's um, but our competition stuff, sometimes we do things a little more fancy. We come off the risers. We do some some more movement type of things. We actually had one of our members is uh, 11, and uh, she and her mom and her grandma are all in the chorus, and uh, she did a cartwheel across the stage, and, uh, you know, so it's uh, little things like that. So, but it's, it's not, we're not judged so much on um, the unification of choreography as we are how does the uh, expression with the, with the face, with the body, with the hands, um, lend to the believability of the music. So, so we can talk about that in terms of stories and uh, connecting that way rather than dance moves. So we're still able to do it, I think, virtually.
3: Yeah, sounds that way for sure. Well, from, from step touch to slack tech, we've covered a lot here. Uh, <laughs> Jordan, Katie, Evan, thank you
1: all so much. You're Rachel. Welcome. Thanks. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you so much for joining us for Polyphony and this week's episode, which was remote rehearsal ideas and strategies. We want to say thank you so much to Jordan Roll, founder and tenor for Six Appeal, Evan Sanders, bass for Accent, and Katie Taylor, director of Northern Blend and her uh, number of Harmony Inc. quartets. Tune in next week for our episode on the intersection between Black Lives Matter and acapella, where we'll be featuring one of the foremost voices in diversity and inclusion for acapella, Brian Guffey, who is a member of CASA. So tune in next week, and thank you for joining us this week on Polyphony. Ta-da.
0: You're listening to Community Supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, your base for the lowdown on acapella <laughs>